Well, hello, my friends. I hope you are all doing very well. I am. I'm in Virginia right now, about to head out for Haiti. You'll get this by Monday. Um, actually, today is, uh, I think it's Thursday today. Today is Thursday. Um, this is a me podcast of me preaching, just a recording of that, so don't worry about any of that. I hope the audio works out pretty well for you all. I hope you enjoy. It is called The Reason to Keep Going, and um, thank you all for tuning in this week. Hope you have a blessed week. Well, again, if you have any questions about this topic, go ahead, find me on Instagram, text me. If you have any suggestions or anything about the audio you'd like to add, let me know. Thank you for what you've got. Thank you, thank you guys, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. I think it's my turn. I ain't going to sing. I told the church one time, went to it, and uh, while I was in New York, it was the second church I visited. The pastor and his wife, the pastor, he'd play the piano, he'd lead the singing as he was doing it. His wife, they sung beautifully, the children, all of them sing. So I looked at them one day, I, I mean, as I was preaching, I was like, you know how rare it is to see a pastor and his family be able to sing and sing together? So that's pretty rare. It's like, I want to know how much more rare it is to see a missionary evangelist sing. So I told him, when you find one, let me know, because you ain't getting one tonight. You still ain't getting one tonight, but I will be able to preach to you today. I'm very excited to. Um... If you turn with me to, again, wait, where am I now? We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter nine, uh, chapter 19, verses 9 through 14 and 18. Today's, uh, this evening's afternoon, it's one of those times, title of the message is, The Reason to Keep Going. The Reason to Keep Going. As I have traveled, as I have been to different churches and stuff like that as I've lived my short life on this planet so far, one thing I've struggled with sometimes is to find the reason to keep trudging on. To find the reason why I should still be standing for the mighty Christ, for the mighty God's power. As I look at this world, I look across and see all the problems it has, the people, what they feel about God, the news and everything everyone says about God, how all these awful things... I oftentimes find myself in the place of Elijah. I say, God, take me back. I stand alone in this world. But today I'm going to prove to you the reason to keep going. Today I'm going to show to you why we shouldn't give up. I hope to encourage you with this message. As I preach again, I ask you to pray that I would open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, with meekness, with grace, with firmness and love, an encouragement message. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessing of this day, Lord. I thank you for allowing me to preach one more time. The great honor it is for me to be up in front of these fine, fine people, Lord, and be able to preach to them, Lord. I ask you to allow me to bring back encouragement for those who have lost it, to revive for those who have just a little bit left. Lord, let this message touch our lives as it touched mine so, so many times. Lord, as this message grows, because... Such a new message, Lord, and every day I find another point to add. Every day I find another reason to keep going. I ask you, Lord, to let this message carry out through all time for those who are hurting, those who are in pain, to look at you and look at, at why you keep going. I thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we meet a very familiar character that all the kids would probably know if you grew up in Sunday school at all, you know him. His name is Elijah. 
I love the prophet of fire, the guy who called down fire, consumed the altar, the, I mean, consumed the sacrifice, the wood on the, sac the sacrifice was on, the stones that the wood that the sacrifice was on, and the water around the sacrifice, and all that good stuff. The guy we know as the mighty Elijah, who outran the chariot, who called rain back after three years. And this is the low point of Elijah's life. If you read with me, we'll be reading from 9 to 14, and we'll skip to 18. 9 to 14, it says, so, well, let me just explain the story really quick, where we're at, because I've realized, I always do this to myself. I always get way too short, and I should be reading more than this story. Um, Elijah right now has requested for God to kill him. He says, it is enough now, God. If you read in this chapter, he says, um, let me die, for I am not better than my father's. I'm paraphrasing. How often do we feel that? We look past, we look in the past of all these great men. I know I do. And I have to be careful. I'll compare myself. And the Bible says not to do that. But I look into the past. I look at these great preachers. How many, how many of them started so young and stuff like that? And I see how great they were. And I said, God, I am not as good as them. God, I am just not capable like they were. And I let that get to me. I let that consume me. And I let the depression sink in and cause me to be at a standstill. Well, there is no reason for that. We'll see what God's answer to Elijah is. We'll see what God brought Elijah through when he did this, as we go through these points. Verses 9, And it came thither unto the cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto Elijah, and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? He's, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord of God, uh, the Lord of God, Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek to take my life. You, you ask a question I feel like, as a nation, we've been asking ourselves, God, why? We look at America today and say, God, they've thrown down your altars. God, they've given up your name. They don't want anything to do with you anymore, God. Take us home. Bring us back. I'm ready to go. So many times I've seen pastors just say it's useless. There is no hope. There is no reason to keep going. Because they look at this world and they focus on this world. And that's what Elijah was doing. If you look, you look at all the bad things of this world. He didn't look on the positives. He was focused on all the bad stuff that happened. In fact, he just got off his mountaintop experience, and the devil had knocked him all the way back down into the valley. And he said, just take me back. Just take me home. Because God, I, and not only I, stand. But what does God say? Where, are we, where am I supposed to be reading? Verse 14. Verse 11. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind the, uh, that rent the mountains and uh, break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entering uh, and of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? I love what God did there. Sometimes we forget 
how mighty our God is. These are just sub-points I'm getting. But sometimes we do. And God says, go to the mountain. I'll meet you there. And when God passed by, what happened? The wind ripped the mountain in two. Earthquakes started shattering rocks. Fires came about. And in God's very graceful, very merciful fashion, he spoke in a still, small voice to Elijah. Skipping down to verse 18, he tells Elijah what to do. And he gives him this. And yet I have left me 7,000 uh, in Israel that have not, have, uh, all knees which have not bowed unto Baal and all mouths which have not kissed him. My friends, point one. For the people around us. There is four subpoints, so we're going to stick to you for a little bit. For the people around us. The reason to keep going is for the person next to you in your seat. For the people that you meet every day. For just the day-to-day walk you have with your spouse, your family, your church members, all of it. He said, I have left me 7,000. He's like, you are not the last one. My friends, I can tell you, we are not the last ones. I have been blessed and honored to go and travel for for a month throughout New York. And I didn't touch the surface of the amount of churches I could have visited. If I were to stay in New York and uh, visit all the churches who are like-minded like us, I would have been there for three, four months preaching God's word. We are not the last ones. But to get more specific, not just for the people around us, but for the people who disagree and agree. For the people at our workplace who may argue with you and say, no, the Bible's not false. You don't give up because if you give up, They'll just know, they'll believe in their hearts. See, I told you the Bible's not real. See, I told you. Look, look at that Christian. He said he is Christian. He said he had God. But he gave up. We keep going for the people who disagree, who argue, for the atheists. We also keep going for the people who agree. I can think of so many people I looked up to so highly who have walked away. My grandfather said you can't give up because there'll be six people behind you giving up. Elijah couldn't give up because he had 7,000 people in Israel that had not bowed the knee to Baal and had not kissed him. For the people who disagreed, Elijah couldn't give up for the people who had bowed their knee because they needed Elijah. We can't give up because there's so many people that are counting on us. There's so many people looking to us. And that leads me into point 1B, the people who look up to us. The children are sitting right there. Brooklyn, when I was teaching her class, she walked up to me and she's like, Mr. Carter, you are my favorite teacher I've ever had. I don't know if I still am, but I was. And that encouraged me. I'm going to try not to cry. When I was struggling during Christmas time with some things, as I was starting my ministry, Sister Sophia, came and gave me a note. She's like, Mr. Carter, you're my favorite teacher. I love that you get to serve God. And I'm very happy that the kids in Haiti will get to hear from you the word of God. I can't give up because of those kids. I owe it to every bit of those kids to stay, stay standing for God. Because they're looking up to me. They're watching every stinking move I make. 
They say, God's real, because you can see in Mr. Carter. That touches my heart. Elijah had to train Elisha. He could not give up. If Elijah were to die, there would have been no Elisha. Someone who had double portion of the spirit of Elijah. I pray that I can be able to preach a thousand someday. Not because I want to be great, but to reach that many people would be awesome. And for the people and the kids after me, I pray for 10,000. I owe it to those kids. I owe it to those people who look up to me. Some people are older than me and they look up to me. I've gone to so many churches. Older people come up and say, it is amazing, they'd say, to see a young preacher like you. People coming to this church, wow, you got a, such a great young, I mean, Don Woodard told me again and again, you guys have the best teenage group in the world. I've never seen a teenage group like yours. You have great older people. You have great younger people. We can't give up because there's people looking up to us. And if we give up, they'll follow us. And it's hard. It's so hard. As I was preaching, first three messages I preached in, not the first three, the first three Sundays I preached in New York, I was getting discouraged. I was getting depressed. I was losing the battle. I said, I called dad. I said, dad, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I feel like these people aren't responding. I feel like I'm not changing them. I feel like I cannot reach them. I cannot encourage them. Dad said, son, are you doing what God wants you to do? I said, yes. He said, there's people back at home that you're encouraged. It's like, you have touched their lives more than you know. My mom would say to me all the time, remember what your grandpa said. You give up. Those young ones, they're going to follow you. It's like, you mean the world to them right now. All they want to be is like you, especially when you're this age. The way I put it, Young people, are, the young kids are always wanting to be old enough to make drive and be, you know, I want to be 19, I want to be 16, I want to be a teenager. And all the older folk are always looking, man, I wish I was a teenager again. <laughs> it's true. Every time I come, man, I wish I was, I was all throughout New York, every time, an older person, without fail, at least one older person from every church I went to, man, I wish I was your age still. You have so much energy and you get to do all this stuff. And I was like, well, we need your age too because you have wisdom and all that. But it's true, people look up. People are always looking up, no matter, and you don't even know. Some people will come up to me, Carter, you're so encouraging to me. I didn't remember their name. I felt really bad. I was like, oh, okay. I can't give up because the people who are looking up to us. We can't give up because they are looking at us. They are encouraged by us. They are going to keep going as long as we keep going. My grandfather is a perfect example of that. I looked at my grandfather. I looked up to my father, both of them. My grandfather fought to the bitter end for God. He was never perfect, and he had a lot of failures, but he was a great man of God. I looked at him highly. If he were to give up, I don't think I'd be standing before you today. We keep going because people are looking up to us. No matter who you are, no matter how insignificant you think you are, someone's looking at you. Someone is looking at you. And they're waiting to see what you do, and they're going to copy what you do. We can't give up. We owe it to these people. I actually had a verse, I said a verse for this. First Samuel, verse, first Samuel, chapter three, no, chapter thirty-one, verses three through five. And the battle went against Saul, and the archers hit him, 
and he was sorely wounded, uh, sore, and he was sore wounded of the archers. And Saul said unto his armor bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust it through, uh, thrust it through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for it was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon the sword and died with him. The armor bearer is like, I'm not killing you. We can make it out. That armor bearer might have kept, that armor bearer would have been living as long as Saul was. That armor bearer was going to fight as long as Saul did. Right as he saw Saul thrust through himself with a sword and kill himself and end himself, he said, that's it. I'm done too. Some of us in here, some of you in here, have nephews and nieces, and you don't know how much the world you mean to them. I'm going to become an uncle soon in August. I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I want to be the best uncle I can to this kid. Soon, hopefully, is looking, next year at some point, I'll be married. And soon I'll have my own kids. I don't want them to give up because Dad gave up. I don't want that nephew of mine to give up because Uncle Carter gave up. I want, to, I want them to say, at the end of my life, if the world lasts that long and I perish, I want people to say about me, I'm going to keep going. Because Uncle Carter, because Brother Carter, because Dad kept going no matter what. And that leads me to point three. Of the people who've gone on before us. Hebrews 12.1, we read it this morning. Wherefore, we are compassed about with such a great a cloud of witness. Let us, uh, let us therefore lay aside every weight and sin that so, does so easily beset us, and we run the race with patience that is set before us. We keep going because of the people who have walked this path before. My grandfather passed away, I think, a day after his birthday. I remember the Wednesday, the last Wednesday, the last day I saw him. He looked at me. He said, Carter promised me something. I wasn't even saved at this point, but I promised him something. He said, promise me something, Carter. You won't give up. You keep going. You keep fighting for God. He said, I will. When his funeral came, I re-promised that promise. When I got saved, I re-promised that promise. I owe it to my grandfather who has fought this fight, who has finished his course, and he has kept his faith to keep fighting. I owe it to every single one of the apostles who were martyred and killed for this faith. I owe it to every single person, godly influence in my life, who has gone on before me to sing with the angels. Because they have fought this fight and they have finished that course. I am a compass about those witnesses. I owe it to them to keep going. I owe it to every young person who ever died on the mission field to keep going because they did it. They're looking. They're watching. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I owe it to them to keep fighting. And I will fight. I will fight until my last breath. I want that same thought to be thought of me. I don't want people to be sad at my funeral. I want the people to look at my casket and say, he kept fighting to the bloody end. So will I. I owe it to the people who have gone on before me. I owe it to my grandmother, my 
grandfather, my uncles who have passed. This is everybody. My friends who are really close to me have passed. Don Cheshire was a great man of God. I looked up to him highly, highly. The day he passed, I knew I had a good fight. Because he, on his deathbed, led a nurse to the Lord. I said, that's going to be me. That's how I'm going to I'm going to go out fighting. I know one day I will no longer be on this earth, whether it be by the rapture or by death. But I know this much, I'm going out swinging because of the people who have gone on before me. The reason I keep going is because those people have walked this path, who have fought, bled, and died for their faith. That is why I keep going. That's the third reason in this point to keep going. And for the fourth reason, because you have no idea who you are supposed to tell, I have been honored and privileged to lead five young boys to Christ when I was working at the daycare, a couple more when I was working at camp, and more and more as I go on this trip. If I am to give up now, the people in Haiti will never hear from me. That one person that was supposed to hear from me won't. I have no idea who is supposed to hear from my mouth. But I know this much. Someone is. Someone's supposed to hear. And that's my reason to keep going. Turn with me, or you don't have to, to Mark 16, 15. You probably know the verse. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is our call as Christians. No yea from nay, no yes from no. That is our call as Christians, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We can't give up. We have to keep trudging. I know it's hard. I know there's a lot in this world that says, stop, give up. There's no hope. But there is hope. It's God. Stop looking at the world. Look at the reasons to keep going. Look at the people who are watching you, the saved and the unsaved. Look at the people who are watching you the young ones who look up to you. Look at the people who have gone on before, who have went through problems before, the same ones we've went through, the same trials we went through, and said, nope, not giving up. Nope, I'm fighting to the bloody end. Look to the people who you're supposed to save. Every minute you're breathing, every second your heart is beating, you can be used by God to save a soul. There is still opportunity you go out today, not even knowing, you will come across someone you are supposed to witness to. That God opens a door for you. You would never know if you'd given up. We can't give up. We can't give up because there's people that are still unsaved. There's people who are looking up to us because there's people who have fought before us. There's people, too, we need to reach. As a missionary, that one touches close to my heart because I'm going to Haiti. I'd like to travel the world someday. If I, had to give up, if I were to give up now... I'd never do it. If I were to give up now, those people who need my help, need my encouragement, would never get it. So I can't give up. I can't give up. Point two. For God. God didn't come, bleed, and die because we'd give up in the end. God wants you to serve him. God wants to do great things for you. As I preached this morning in my message, to give your all so God can do great and mighty things through you. 
You can't do that when you've given up. God is really willing and raring to use you. But if you give up, there is no hope. Point A, point 2A for God's plan. Turn with me to Matthew 25, verses 26 and 27. I'm going the wrong way. Twenty-six through twenty-seven. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest thou that I reapest where I have where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to exchangers, and then when I and then my coming I should have received mine own with usury. I would like to thank everyone in here today is saved. I know everyone to some sort of degree, and I'm I believe, I know a lot of your guys' testimony, I believe that everyone in this room is saved, a saved person. So we are all servants of the Master. God has a plan. God wants us to go out and reach the world. Go out, as the money exchangers did, buy and sell and get gain. God gave me a soul so I can win more souls to Christ. God gave me the ability to win more souls to Christ. That's God's plan for us, for Mark 16, 15, to come into effect. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's God's plan. And that's why we need to keep going. Because God has a plan for you. Every single one of you in this room. And he wants to use you. And he can. And he's ready. And he's raring to use you. But if we are to give up, if we are to let these, the problem of the worlds that surround us affect us and destroy us, we cannot. If we were to give up because, well, this, these people, because America is not what it used to be. The world isn't what it used to be. It may never be again. But God didn't say, sit down and let it happen. That's a go you, go you, go you, and to all. How many people does God have in your plan to get saved? You don't know. You have no idea until you're dead. Even at this age right now, whether you're young or old, God has a plan. God can still save thousands upon thousands upon thousands through you if you're willing to let him in. That is, his, that is his plan. God is using you to encourage the young folk, maybe, or the older folk, if that is his plan. But he cannot do his plan through you if we have given up. We keep going because God has a plan. We keep going because God has a plan. He's willing to do great things in our lives. But not just do great things in our life. Let us reap great rewards. And that is point to be for God's reward. In 1 Corinthians, well, actually, Matt, right now we're Matthew. We're still Matthew. Matthew 25, verses 20 and 21. We see what the good servants ended up doing. And so, hath, uh, so he hath received five talents, came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou hast... Uh, delivers unto me five talents. Behold, I have given, I have given beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful in a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Come to the fullness of thy Lord. My grandfather was was his prayer was always that, and my father and my mother's all all my friends I know was their prayers that their family members would hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
a servant who has given their all, a servant who will not stop fighting and will not give up, will hear that. And that's what we go to obtain. That is what our prize is. We, we fight because we have a prize. You know, this participation trophy thing that was going on. I don't even know if it's much of a thing anymore, but who, I don't know, is that still going on? Participation trophies? Anyone know? Anyways, I remember that being a thing. I remember thinking to myself, that's so dumb. I don't want to be, have a participation trophy. I want to have a number one trophy because I fought and I, and I fought hard. But that's why we fight. We keep fighting for God. We keep going for God because there is a reward at the end. There is a prize above all others at the end of this road. Everyone has a crown for getting saved, for fighting, for serving God, for serving Him faithfully, for leading others to Christ, for not giving up. I get it. It's hard. Again, I understand. But there is a prize at the end of this battle. In a war, when you're fighting, you fight to win. You fight for freedom, or you fight for control. As Christians, we are in a fire, a firefight. We're in a war. We're fighting for freedom, both in a physical realm, in the spiritual realm. There is a goal at the end of that fight. There's a goal at the end of this road, and that is eternal happiness with Jesus Christ our Lord. And how much more better would it be when he smiles and lets you in and says, well done, thou good faithful servant. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to hear. I will do everything in my power to hear that. Honestly, I was thinking of more points, but I don't have them written down. But one I was thinking of is God's love for us. I was driving to my girlfriend's house, I think it was yesterday, and the devil was attacking me, as every Christian. And I was beginning to feel very worthless. Very worthless. I believed it, too. was the worst part about it. And then God said something to me, and that hit me. Hit me right in the heart. He said, you know, Carter, no matter how much, how much you're worth to everybody, everybody else around you, you are, worth it, you are worth my son to me. I gave my son to die on a cross for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish and have everlasting life. I've seen this thing in the back. It says, I know where love comes from. And it said, John 3.16, right beneath it. I know where love comes from. It's from God. I, get, I keep going because God loves me. And he died for me. He paid my sin penalty, not for me to give up, but for me to keep fighting. Not for me to just say, oh, I'm saved now, I'm not going to do anything. No, for me to say, I am saved, I shall serve the King of Kings. Point three, and we'll be done. To finish the race. When you start something, I don't know about you, but I want to finish it. I don't want to sit around and just say, oh, I started it and walk away. That is one of the most... Frustrating things for me, anyways. If it's not for you, that's fine. But we have started this race. You have started this race at salvation. And there is an end, and that is heaven. The reason to keep going is for the end. To finish what we started. 
to finish a path we are on. I have been, I just finished my second college course I took with, um, it's called Presentation and Deputation, to help me with my presentation and deputation as I travel this world and raise money for me and Haiti and other things. If I were to just start that and give up halfway, first of all, I wouldn't get the reward. Second of all, there'd be no point. And probably just be irritating to me. There's just no reason to keep going. We keep going because there is an end. We keep going because this is what I want to say at the end of my life. First Timothy, well, no, Second Timothy, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up a crown for me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord hath, uh, Lord the righteous judge shall give to me, give me that day, and not me only, but unto all them who also that love his appearing. All you got to do is love and you get a crown. There is an end to this course. I want to finish this course saying, I have fought it well. When you're in a fight, you don't want to say, I've given up halfway. When you're in a fight, and you, especially when you lose, especially when you're down, you want to say, I give it my, I'm going to give it my all. I gave it my all. When I work on something and it doesn't turn out, I never want to walk away saying I didn't give it 100%, 110% of everything I got to that thing. We fight to finish. We keep going to finish this course. We keep running every step to finish this course. Life has many ways to look at it, a race, a battle, a climb. And no matter how you look at it, it is full of a lot of hard times. But through it all, and may it, uh, and may it seems, uh, it had a lot of times, hard times through it all. And it may not seem like it at times. It may not seem like it at times, but there is just as many good times as the uh, and. The reward at the end is worth every bit of the struggle. So remember to keep going, no matter what. There's a just as many good times as there is bad times in this life. And there is a reward at the end. And there's people looking. So fighting will be the most important thing we do. Let's bow for prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessing of this day. Lord, help us to encourage someone. Thank you for allowing me to be able to preach to these people. I ask you to honor, help, help us remember this as we go out through this week and the devil attacks us. Thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed. That has been the reason to keep going. I thank you for listening. It's been awesome that you guys were able to do this this week. I am praying for you guys. We have a great rest of your week. Thank you for all that you have done again. I appreciate every one of you, and also, welcome to my Canadian listeners. I saw that Can Canada started listening in. That's awesome, so hope you guys are able to get a blessing out of my podcast here. I, think, I don't know, half of me wants to start praying for some reason. That's okay. Um, we probably will. you probably hear me pray out um, during the message, but again, thank you guys so much. Peace out.